I'm going to come back to that story in a little bit uh, because I think it, it, it touches on a little bit of what I want to talk about this morning in a little bit. Um, I might say a little bit a lot too. So just to kind of give you an idea of, you know, a, a little bit more about me with my preaching, my style is very much like we're just going to sit down at a table, have some coffee and talk. And so I'm going to mess up. I'm going to say things that I'm going to stop and wonder why I say it. I'm going to ride home with my beautiful wife, and she's going to look at me and go, why did you say that? All kinds of things like that. So let's just have some fun looking at God's Word this morning and, um, and listening to what He has to say to us. L- let me pray. Father, we thank You so much for this time that we could have together today to uh, spend some time in Your Word, God, to read, to understand better, and, and honestly, God, to become better versions of ourselves by looking more like you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With today being Father's Day, I do have two children. Funny story about both of them being at Johnson. Neither of them wanted to go to Johnson. And uh, when they started looking at schools, we're like, hey, you should check out Johnson. And they were like, no, don't tell me about Johnson. I don't want to go to Johnson, yada, yada, yada. So we let it go. And they both ended up there. And so we could not be more proud of them um, in, in this stage of life, seeing and, and, and being a part of their life, it's, it's really great. But I remember a time when my son, who is now 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, somewhere up here, uh, it is quite humorous when I um, get on to him sometimes because I have to look up to him. But I remember a time when my son was much smaller. He was probably around 10, 11 years old. And I was working on something. I don't even remember what it was. And I was trying to fix it, and you know, it's one of those things where you're looking at it, you're trying to fix it, you look at it, you do something, it doesn't work, you look at it, it doesn't work, the wrench isn't fitting, the, you can't get your screwdriver in because of something else, it's in the way, and it's just one of those moments where you're going, I would just rather rip whatever this is apart than put it back together, right? And my son, and, and kids in the room, I'm sorry you're going to hear this part of life, okay? I really am sorry. Is standing there asking all the questions that he could possibly ask. And I'm focusing here, and I'm angry. And then he's like, well, why is that doing that, Dad? Why is that that way? Why is that? Why is that? And it's just like, raw, stop it. (laughs) And he goes, well, what if you just did this? And I'm like, look, I appreciate it. Maybe not this calm. I didn't say it. I admit, all right? I admit it. I said, uh, you just need to go into the other room right now because I need to just think for a minute. So he leaves. I'm sure I upset him. I probably went back and apologized later because I started looking at it again and then what he just said popped in my head and I went, my goodness, that's going to (laughs) work. And sure enough, it did. Isn't it interesting how God uses people that we would never think could do what it is that needs to be done to do it. And, you know, uh, my, my son has done that for me many times. My wife has done that for me many times. Uh, my daughter has done that. People in whatever you're dealing with who you would not think would be able to help you, help you. And I think uh, the scriptures that we're going to look at this morning is going to show us more of that and how God does that. So let me, look, let me show you this. This is the big idea for the day, so you know it right up front. Uh, this is what we're focusing on. 
When you allow God to work in your life, he will use you in ways you never imagined. When you allow God to work in your life, he will use you in ways you never imagined. Let's look at our scripture today. I know you guys have been spending some time in in Ezra and Nehemiah. We're going to focus in on Nehemiah chapter 3 today. And uh, from what I understand, this is the last sermon in this From the Ashes series that you guys have been going through these two books with. And today I want to encourage you. Uh, I admit I might step on some toes a little bit, okay? Um, But I do want to say too that if you feel convicted, that's God speaking to you. It's not a slap on the wrist or anything like that. It's God working on your heart, working to change your life. And so we're going to look at this verse a little bit. Um, this is a long chapter with a lot of big names that even after 20 some years in ministry, I still don't know how to say all these names. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make them up and they might sound weird or different or whatever, and that's okay. So we're going to look at just two verses from this, uh, because I think it gives us a big scope of what the scripture is talking about. It's your job. You need to do this. Go home. If you haven't done it already. Read this entire chapter for yourself. You know, look at what I'm saying and, and, and see if what I'm saying does line up with the scriptures. Okay, so I, I challenge you to do that. I give you permission to do that. Look at verse 1 here. Then Elisha, the high priest, rose up with his brothers, the priests, and they built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and set its doors. They consecrated it as far as the Tower of the Hundred, as far as the tower of Hannah, Hannah, yep, see, this is one of those words, Hannah, yeah, that word right there, okay, that's how far they went. This was a big deal for Israel. Many people had just returned from exile. Um, to give you kind of the picture of, of the, the area there, there were still people left. Not everybody was taken. So there were still people left, but it was mostly very much like Bedouin people, small groups of people. Uh, But the city of Jerusalem, the walls, the temple, all these different things, they were just destroyed. They laid in rubble. And this was something that generations of, of Israelite people had prayed about, hoped for, and now it was happening. They were rebuilding the city of Jerusalem. They were repairing the walls. Interestingly enough, one commentary I read talked about how the walls being rebuilt by Nehemiah actually shrunk the city because of the rubble that was around where the original walls were. They couldn't move it, couldn't do anything with it, and so they brought the walls in. And those walls acted as security from a lot of different uh, uh, tribes or people that would might try to come in and, and, and destroy what was happening there. And so this was a very, very big deal for the people of Israel. And you can tell that too, I think, by what it says they did. They consecrated this wall. Now, that's that's one of those words I thought, you know what, I'm going to look this up just to make sure I fully understand what this word means. And the word consecrated means to make or declare something as holy. And so what was it that they were declaring holy? I think they were declaring holy not only the wall, 
that they were repairing, the, 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 the peace that was going to protect them from forces on the outside. But I also think that they were consecrating the work that they were doing. The work that they were doing in rebuilding this wall, working at what God has called them to do. This is just kind of a side note on this part real quick. Do we allow God, do do we consecrate our work to God? I mean, they were repairing a wall, right? Do we build houses as holy work for the Lord? Do we... uh, work on computers and an IT job as holy work for the Lord. I think that what we can take from this quickly is that our work, our things that we do, whether it's as a profession, at home, whatever it might be, we can consecrate or give those things as sacred and holy to the Lord. Look at verse 8 here next. This one's an interesting one. Uh, Next to them, Uziel, the son of Haraiah, goldsmiths, repaired. And next to him, Hananiah, one of the perfumers, repaired. And they restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Interesting that this is called the broad wall because God used a broad spectrum of people to rebuild this wall. I have a list of the people that God used to rebuild this wall. And we're going to look at that here are some of the people, the priests, uh, the Tekoites, but not their leaders. So this is a, a people group that was left in this area, and some of their leaders were not happy with what they were seeing. And so instead of participating and, and, and moving and, and helping repair the wall, they just didn't. Their, their people did, but they didn't. The men of Gideon and Mizpah, goldsmiths, we just read that, perfumers. Uh, we read that. That's a woman that was listed and named there. In another verse, it says that one guy and his daughters started repairing a wall. Rulers, Levites, temple servants, merchants, all these different people came together to repair this wall. And this is important. This is very important to what we're looking at. Because here's the application uh, that I want to focus on on this verse. First, God sees his children. And what I mean by that is this. God doesn't see social status. God doesn't see race. God doesn't see gender. When it comes to doing his work, those things do not matter. And I know that some of this stuff can be A little prickly might be a good word to use in our culture right now. But God does not see those things when it comes to doing what he calls his people to do. He sees his children. Not the things that we as humans classify people as. I remember being at Johnson in college and and living in the dorm. Craig and I lived in the same hall for a little while until Nicole and I got married. And um, we had people in our school that I'm just like, I don't know how this person's ever going to be able to do what he thinks they're gonna, he's going to do in school, right? I remember one guy specifically was doing the preaching courses, and I'm going, 
I was very immature then too. So uh, I, I tell Nicole all the time, I should go back to all the churches that I ever worked at when I was young. So pretty much every church I've worked at, I should really do this. Let's be honest. And go, I am so sorry. Thank you for being kind to me and, and working with me because I was a mess. But I would look at these guys and I'm like, how are they going to, how's God going to use them with the way they are or whatever it is? And I was looking at them with this terrible idea of what I think a preacher should be. Well, this person specifically preached at a church in Virginia. And God is using them. So God sees his uh, children, but he also uses all. We saw that in this verse. God used all these different people, goldsmiths, perfumers, merchants. I'm not the greatest at understanding like a repair job. I'm the guy that when I have something to fix, nine times out of ten, I'm calling my friends. I have one friend, his name is Chris. He is like the most mechanically minded person I've ever met. Um, his job is to fix locomotives. So, you know, I call him, hey, can you help me with my sink? And he's like, oh, something I can pick up, you know, with the locomotive when he's, he's got cranes lifting stuff. It's incredible. But this guy, and what I do, honestly, is I just kind of go, here it is. Let me know what I need to buy. And I step back and let him do it because he is so good at that. And so when I look at this, I go, okay, repairing a wall, right? How does a perfumer repair a wall? My guess is those two jobs are very different, okay? But God still used them to repair a wall. And he uses all of us to do his work when we, when, when we allow him to. And then here's where I want to kind of just rest for a minute with you guys. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. I remember a church I was at, and um, at this particular church, I had somehow, um, I was the youth minister, it was a small church, and in a small church, when you have a youth minister, we had two staff, the senior guy and myself, the youth minister role kind of becomes like youth ministry and then everything else that we think you should do over here, right? That's fine. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it, but one of those things that... Uh, we think you should do this over here was missions. And, and I love missions. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love missions. But sometimes one of the hardest things to do is to take people who are comfortable and challenge them to be uncomfortable. And I remember one conversation I had with a gentleman, and uh, we were working at trying to get this adult trip to Mexico to, to work on a church building, and he had some very good talents to do that. And I just remember him telling me, yeah, I can give money, but that's not for me. And I, I didn't know how to respond. I'll be honest. I was younger. I didn't know what to do, how to respond. And I was just kind of taken back for a minute because I just felt like this guy was going, yeah, okay, I'll serve God to this point. But when it, call, when, when, when it comes to serving to this point, I'm not game. God wants to use you. God wants to use you in ways you have never been used before. And the, the thing is, he is going to push you out of your comfort zone. Because when he pushes you out of your comfort zone, you rely on him 
in ways that you've never relied on him before, but yet there he is standing there working through you in incredible ways. I remember one conversation I had with somebody. Well, I, this evangelism stuff's not for me. Whew, that was a tough one. Because scripture is very clear that it is our job to go out and make disciples of all nations. And when somebody looks at me and says, yeah, that's not my thing. Like, you're going against what scripture says. And the reality is, sometimes we do the same thing. I do the same thing. I stand there and I go, God, (laughs) I'll do this for you, but I won't do that. And I think from what we're seeing in this scripture today, God can use all of us to do incredible things when we just allow him. And so I want to just, I want to encourage all of you to take an opportunity, and and I know you've heard this from Kurt and Craig. I know this because uh, we drank the same Kool-Aid, okay? Through TCM, the, the idea of making disciples is so strong, so important, because what happens then is it just increases and increases and increases. And so I'm going to challenge all of you to do that, to allow God to do that. But specifically, I think I can bring this down a little bit. Women that are in this room right now, God wants to use you in ways that you've never been used before, even in ways that maybe churches have said in the past isn't for you to do. God is using you right now. Now, I'm not... I'm not going down one of those paths of like, uh, you know, trying to flip the church upside down, nothing like that. But I'm telling you, women, God has used women throughout Scripture so many different places that he is shown in his, in what we read through Scripture, Old Testament and New, that God uses, uses women to do incredible things. Allow him to use you. Allow him to put you in places where you can be used to make disciples, to do his work. Young people in this room, that's all of you young people, okay? And if you feel like you're young, that's good. Listen right now, okay? Sorry, Kurt. Nice. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Scripture tells us that. But I had too many students that going, okay, fine. Like, yeah, you can't look down on me because I'm young. Yeah, so leave me alone. That's not what it means. It means set an example for people no matter how old you are. You can set an example for people no matter how old they are by how you act, by the things you do, by the way you carry yourself, by how you help others. You can do that. And God uses a lot of different people to do his work, including young people. I'd be remiss not to say this to you men on this Father's Day. God is putting other people in your lives to either be a dad to because you have your own kids or other people in your life that need a dad in some way. Teenage boys in this room, that goes for you too. God is putting young children in your life that look up to you 
in incredible ways. Uh, two and a half years ago, I'm standing in front of a group of middle school students, right? So at Chapel Rock, the last church that I served in, I was the middle school pastor. Um, by the way, middle schoolers are literally the coolest person on earth. I'm sorry if anybody, they really are, okay? They really are. Yes, yeah, I, get, I see some middle schoolers out there going, yeah. I'm standing in front of a group of middle schoolers, and I'm telling them I'm leaving to go serve at TCM in Austria, right? And you should have seen their faces, because they all just got this face like, I mean, like a pet died, right? One kid goes like this. Justin was his name. And he goes, what's going to happen to Adam? That's my son. He didn't care about me. He didn't care about Nicole or what we were going to be. He's just like, what's going to happen with Adam, your son? Because Adam took time to just be with those kids, and he made an impact on them. There are people all around you, men, that need a father figure. I was a ninth grade punk kid, according to Kurt, punk. I don't know about that. Coming to a church camp, I had been a Christian for maybe a year, maybe. And God put a man in my life that week, Kurt Alexander, that became a spiritual father for me in those moments that I was with him. It was two weeks. It was 14 days at most that I knew him during those times. But God used him to plant seeds in me, to water seeds in me while I was with him, to the point that when I did reconnect with him 30 years later, I was able to look at him and said, you had a, you had a role in my life to where I am today. God uses all of us. Men, God uses you as a father in ways that you would never imagine. And I just want to challenge you this morning to allow God to use you. The disciples did that. Fishermen were not the most like highly regarded people in the world, all right? Uh, they, they fished all the time. They were on a boat. They stunk probably like fish. I don't know if you smell the fish lately. They're not the most, I mean, nobody's making a cologne called, you know, ode to fish or anything, right? Like nobody's doing that. And yet Jesus selected these men and boy, they made some bad choices along the way, didn't they? And then God used them in incredible ways because when they allowed God to use them, he changed their lives through the Holy Spirit and changed them in incredible ways. When you allow God to work in your life, he will use you in ways you never imagined. I just hope that you do that, that you look at the ways that God can use you in your life and allow him to use you in ways you've never imagined. He does this really cool, too, because he, like, brings the Holy Spirit in, which is what he did with the disciples and how they, like, stopped or started talking, speaking in tongues, different languages, all these different things, changed them completely. And the cool thing is that God gives us that same Holy Spirit as well. And so if any of you are in this room and you've never accepted Jesus, I want to encourage you just to connect with somebody today. You know, think about that because that's the, where the process starts for God changing our lives. Allow God to use you. Allow him to work through you in incredible ways. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this morning and this time that we could have together and to um, 
God, learn from your word. Learn from how you uh, worked in the lives of the Israelites and used all of them for incredible things, to do things that they never maybe thought they would ever do. But God, we know today that you are doing the same in us. God, my guess is that everybody here has a story of somebody that you've used in a way that has changed them, that has moved in their life to show them who you are more. God, I pray that you bring that upon us, that you challenge us, that you convict us to do the same thing for other people. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name.